Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about Warbreaker chapters 13 through 16, wherein Vivenna, you know, she has some breath now. There's some discussion about that. She's going to go to uh, the Court of the Gods, where it seems that all of our, our perspective characters put in appearance, although we don't get a perspective from Vasher there. But everyone else is there. Siri's there. Light Song's there. Siri's husband is there. It's kind of odd, but I mean, he's the God King, so what are you going to do? Light Song and Blushweaver have uh, some political conversations, some wrangling and uh, and such. And then uh, there's talk of war. It seems that maybe Siri's presence has not uh, had the desired effect. I don't know. Anyway, I'm Data, and with me today is Joe, Jack. And Jamie. Hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. To emerge and to breathe anew For a purpose so far from my own And this world I've awoken to Seems familiar but somehow unknown And the branches of gold on the skyline Reach out to the sweep of the stars the beginnings and endings of lifetimes, a guidance of light from afar. Down, 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 so yeah, I feel like this is a, a very talky set of chapters, but uh, some interesting things come out of it. What did you guys think of these four chapters? Oh boy, man, I missed the whole week, and here we are with these chapters. But let me tell you, these were some good chapters. We, uh, I gotta kind of dissect each part here because. There's so many. Every time I feel like a question's answered, another one's raised, and then there's more little information, knowledge nuggets. Yeah, the breaths. Like, Vivenna's got all these breaths. It's breaths. It's interesting to me, which you guys may have talked about this last week. I went here. It's interesting to me that basically the breaths can be forced on you. Mm-hmm. Like the the person giving them away, they're they're willingly giving them, but they can also apparently just say like, "My breath to yours." It's like, "Oh no, I have to take these breaths." Ah, that seems strange. But then, uh, so we got that. She's trying to figure it out. She's freaking out. Um, we get some different perspectives as they get to the arena with Siri. The per- the perspective jumps were a little bit jarring for me, this 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 section. Mm-hmm. I could follow the story, but at the same time, I was like, man, I wish, I wish we could have just, like, overheard some stuff as opposed to, like, switching back and forth so much. I'm not a big fan of Blush Weaver. I'm just going to put that out there. Not, not, not her biggest fan. Also, Light Song... I mean, I get it. He he's kind of still unsure of his place, and he's second guessing like his decisions and things like that. But I don't. I'm not much liking him in this section either. But I I, I just get more and more intrigued by how Biochroma works. It's just like the farther we go, the more I'm intrigued by it. I really want more of Vasher. I want to know what's going on with him. I feel like we didn't get enough Vasher this week or last week either. Uh, we didn't get any Vasher last week. But yeah. Other than that, the the kind of basics of the storytelling, um, I think I think Brandon's doing a really good job of like making everything kind of make sense. Like he's slowly. It's funny because it's like the gods should know what's going on, but I feel like the most exposition of how we get things, how how we understand how things work, is when he's like, "Hey, Laramar, Light Songs, like Laramar, remind me why we're doing it like this." 
which is kind of funny to me because it's like, hey, you should really know this, but it also fits within Light Song's character to not know it. And then the other parts we get from Siri and Vivenna, which make more sense because they're from Idris. But uh, but yeah, the Light Song stuff kind of cracks me up because it's like he should definitely know. It's obvious he's been told many times, but he's just like continuously push ba- pushes back against it. So uh, yeah, but enjoyable read. I'm I am getting starting to itch a little bit for some action. So I don't know if that's forthcoming or not forthcoming, but I, I do want to see some like. I want to see the powers used in a in more of like a tense situation or a combat situation. I mean, I'm I'm ready to see something like that. So, yeah, I guess I mean we saw, or rather, I guess in the in the prologue we didn't see the action. We showed up and people were just dead after the fact. So mm-hmm. we haven't gotten. Yeah, to people see, were like, dead. I used. think I think the only thing that happened was in the prologue. He used the scarf to strangle that dude, but that's pretty yeah, much it. it's true. I do like what you, what you say about Light Song because it did come up last week when uh, Laramar's having to explain to him basically the whole premise behind like how the gods work. And I think it was Jamie last week who was like, they really should tell the gods this like earlier. And I'm like, yeah, they probably did. You know, Light Song just hasn't paid any attention to it. Yeah, that is definitely the gist I get. They probably explained everything to him when he returned and he was just kind of like, eh, whatever. I'm just glad I'm <laughs> not dead. And then, you know. He slowly just kind of like goes through life trying to figure things out. And then like if he cares enough to even remember, Laramar's probably told him the same thing like 50 times. <laughs> yeah, they I, I did also weather like in this, discussion before. Yeah, I did also like in this section where he says to Blushweaver, you're giving me a headache. And she's like, you can't get headaches. It's like everybody's telling this dude he can't have a headache. <laughs> he's like, I'll tell you if I'm having a headache, damn it. It's, uh... Imagine if he's the only god who actually can get a headache and everyone's like, no. <laughs> You're not getting headaches. And he's like a fucky yeah. return. I don't know. Poor guy. He's like, you You guys are gaslighting me. I'm totally having headaches. <laughs> the god doctor hooks him up to a, like, a colorful MRI. And it's like, no, guys, he's not kidding. There's actually something wrong in there. He's like, I saw I told you. <laughs> no, I, I really want this to be real now. It's like, no one will listen to Light Song. He keeps telling them that his head hurts. And they're like, yeah, whatever. You're full of shit. He, he's just Bruce Willis in like throughout the entirety of Die Hard Three. It's like, oh, do you have any aspirin? I have a really bad headache. <laughs> and he doesn't even take the aspirin when he gets some at the end. That makes me think of another Bruce Willis movie, uh, Hudson Hawk, where he keeps trying to get a cappuccino and then he oh yeah, until the very end. He wants that cappuccino. Yeah, then he gets one at the end at like a little cafe in Italy and drinks it and throws yeah. the cup over his shoulder. I was like, no, what are you doing? And that's the end of the film. Uh, that's a great movie, people. Uh, Hudson Hawk. If you haven't seen it, it is uh, Bruce Willis comedy gold. It's on the list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably one of the, it's probably one of like the greatest unknown comedies of yeah. all time. Well, and the thing is, it's because like at the time Bruce Willis was just hitting it as this action star, and so then they advertised this movie when it came out as an action movie because that's what people expected from Bruce Willis. And then people go to see it, and it's this silly comedy, and so no one liked it because it was not what anyone was expecting. Yeah, well, but there like, is action parts in it, but yeah, it is a weird off-the-wall yeah, comedy for sure. Yeah, it's like silly, slapsticky action. Yeah, I mean, British guy pelvic thrusting in the air wildly. <laughs> you know, it's all – it's got everything. Uh, good times, good times. Now I want to watch Hudson Hawk. I'm gonna go do that later. Uh, all right. So yeah, these like chapters really good. I thought the coronation um was a lot of fun. Just seeing how everyone does. I was expecting more to come from the encounter between Vivenna and Vasha, but it seemed kind of just like a he's just watching, but didn't really do anything. But like 
I think he I think he must know who she is or something because he seemed really suspicious. Ceremony itself was like was really cool to see everything goes. It's nice to see the God King not in the shadows. And I'm like, but this is him with his you know mask on, pretending to know what he's doing. I guess because we still don't know. Like he didn't seem like he has much of a clue when they're in the bedroom. So that has some implications the way I phrased it, which is not what actually plays out in the book. But anyway. <laughs> But yeah, I agree with Joe. It just seems like every time we get one question answered for these power sets, another one gets raised, and we still haven't really seen much of the powers in action aside from what Vasha has done. So I'm, I've got the itch. So I'm just like, all right, show us what this shit can do. Let's see it now. Yeah, yep. It's uh, we we've uh, seen a lot of the powers being used for well, not even a lot. We've seen some of the powers being used for more mundane things, like the guy in this chapter just uses his cloak to like lift himself above the crowd to be like, is, is this line moving? Damn, I don't know. I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> Yeah, even that's just, like, we haven't seen much more of that since, like, Vasha was jumping down the wall and using the the mm-hmm. drapery or whatever just to slow his fall. Well, now we know somebody with a bunch of breaths other than Vasher, so maybe. Yeah, and she hates him. She doesn't know what to do with him. It's true. She had to get, I can't, <laughs> the, her, her two assassin sidekicks, like, one of them, his name's Tonkfar, and I can't yeah. read that without thinking of, like, the... The Amazonians from Futurama. It's like, how Tonk look? Tonk look good. <laughs> me fat. It, it makes me think of Tonks from Harry Potter, although they're not at all the same. Mm. Yeah. It makes me think of Pond Far, even though that's way different. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. You don't know this guy's life. Maybe it's exactly like Pond Far. I don't even know. I don't know. So Pond his Far blood is, boils so. and shit? That's weird. His, his blood boils with Vulcan love lust? Yeah. Could be. You don't know. Yeah, good chapters. I, I'm kind of, like, I, I'm liking the vibe. That, like, there's not, we haven't had a lot of action yet, and that's fine because I feel like we're still in, like, the, the mystery piecing together things. It definitely has, I feel like every week we've got some more clues or more information about something that's going on. And I I actually thought this week was really good. The The chopping and changing of perspectives like yes a little jarring but i loved it when you went from like series perspective to vivenna's perspective and like series like this is kind of cool like i'm gonna you know i'm a little uncomfortable i'm a little outside my comfort zone but you know when in rome right and then vivenna's like oh my gosh they've they've <laughs> absolutely <laughs> abusing her <laughs> so i just i thought that was quite clever how they oh. went through those yeah blush weaver she's gonna be a problem for sure I don't like her. I still like Light Song. I'm kind of glad that we had an interaction between him and Siri. And, you know, he's trying to sort of piece together how much of this is she aware of, how much does she know. So it'll be interesting to see what they are like. We've got another individual telling us that not all is as it seems. Our, our God King, like if he was all, you know, showing off his prism of colours every time, I'd probably want to sit in a dark room as well. It just sounds exhausting to be like that. To be so um, colourful all the time. Just to be so colourful. It's like, you know what? I just want to be, like, a bit moody today. <laughs> but that's a lot of breaths that he's holding. Like, 10th <laughs> yep. level. And I realise a lot is probably just an understatement here. But, yeah, he's holding more than one. We already know that he's not exactly like a returned in the same sense, in that he's never lived. But it's, yeah, I'm very curious as to what's going on there with him and he's so young as well so that's kind of interesting I don't know I don't have I don't have a lot of answers but I've got a lot of uh, thoughts and questions and like oh what is that what is that 
I'm glad we got an answer to our question from last week about can you give away your breasts or what's the go there. So you, you give away all or nothing, including your own, but to then be able to like animate your object, maybe put the breasts into an object would be really interesting. So, yeah, I think Vivenna's going to hang on to these for a little while because she obviously doesn't want to lose her own. Yes, in summary, I really enjoyed these chapters. Yeah, it, it's like that little extra just like screw you to Vivenna that she wasn't able to refuse these breaths. And now they're like, oh, no, you can't give them away without giving away your own. And so in her mind, it's like, this is my soul. No, I'm not going to give that. Away. What? So, yeah, yeah it's just uh, take that. <laughs> She's going to have to get a little creative in what she does next. Be interesting to see how she handles it because it sounds like generally speaking she's got quite a lot of breasts but mm-hmm. it's definitely not like enough to be like super duper special she's just uh, well she's obviously going to be able to get into places it's definitely handy to have yeah see what happens yeah it, we definitely get the impression that she has a lot more than average even among like the the upper crust like the priests that we see had 50 and then she specifically says of all the people showing up to this meeting there was like a couple that looked like they had more than her so she's pretty up there there's actually in the back of the book which you i, I won't have you guys look at now but there's there's a chart that's like each heightening and about how many breaths you need to get there it's not like an exact thing it's like ish so it's like first heightening 50 breaths, second heightening where you can get perfect pitch, 200 breaths. The third one is like where you get that perfect color recognition that she has. That's like 600-ish. And then it just jumps up. It's like 1,000, 2,000, 3,500, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000. And when you get up to the God King level of the 10th heightening, it says it's like about 50,000. So it would be hard to get a hold of that many breaths. Like, yeah, that's that's, that's a lot of breaths. And then I want to do a little bit on the math on that because – I was working off about 10,000, but it was 10 tightening. But, yeah, 50,000 is huge. How long have these God Kings been around for? Are there that many weeks to have gained two breaths per week? Well, it's said that, like, the the, the majority of them came from, uh, was it Peace Giver? Like, gave them a bunch, and then they've been adding to it since then. But, yeah, how many thousands did Peace Giver have? Because that's still a huge amount. It's crazy. Anyway, we don't need to go into that now. Yeah, I think I think the idea that we've gotten from this one is that the first God King was like 300 ish years ago. So what's that? 300 times if they're weeks, they have the, the same number of weeks in a year as we do. Is that 52? So if you got one extra a week, that would be 15,600. So that's still a lot, but it's not 50,000. No. Yeah. You had to inherit a lot from Peace Giver. All right, I guess let's let's get into this thing. So we started with chapter 13 this time. And so we, we start back at Vivenna, and Vivenna's just like, I'll give it away. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go out, and I'll find all the people who have been, well, all, all these little people who you got, your society has screwed out of their breath, and I'll give them back their breath. And uh, Death is like, uh, you, you can't just give one away at a time that's not how it works you give it all away at one time and talk about like yeah including your own that would leave you as a drab and she's like oh shit no so this is this is weird to me because it's like awakeners give specific quantities of breath into inanimate objects but apparently if it's a living being you don't get a choice you just they like they leave you it's just i don't understand how it differs i guess as far as imbuing things with 
with breath. That's a good point. And I mean, I don't know that you get to choose in awakening either. It's like you awaken a thing and it takes however many breaths it takes to awaken it. So Vasher just like had enough experience to know, like, I have enough breath to awaken this thing to do this. Yeah, but, well, uh, it sounds like even if he loses all his breaths, he could still reclaim the breaths from an inanimate object. Yeah, you can get them from inanimate objects. You cannot get them from other people without that person's consent. I guess if you if you uh, awakened an object, though, that breath is still yours. Mm-hmm. So you can take as you require from that object. Like yeah, someone else sense. couldn't steal the breaths out of an object you've awakened, right? It doesn't sound like it. I mean, we haven't seen it come up, I don't think, but... That would, that would be a dangerous thing for someone like the guy that we see later when he awakens his cloak to lift himself up above the crowd. If a guy standing next to him could just be like, hey, give me that breath and like take it out while he's up in the air. That would that, that'd be a risky move. Yoink. Mine now. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these breaths that I found. <laughs> yeah, I just found him laying around in some guy's cloak. So weird. Yeah, it would be watch, risky. You should watch your breaths more carefully, dude. Uh, so, yeah, Tong Fa's like, I mean, you could awaken some stuff. Stick your breath inside a pair of pants or something. Dent's like, yeah, yeah, pants, sure. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't love a good pair of walking pants? <laughs> and Dent's like, I mean, most Awakeners awaken an object just for a little bit, but I don't see why you couldn't just leave it there. And then it's like, so yeah, you take the souls of men and create unliving monstrosities. Somehow that seems worse than just having them. And so she's like, crap, what am I going to do? And then we, we get uh, yet another Denth. I hate being a mercenary. You know why? You can tell this is going to be a running gag for him. Uh, no job security. Our employers have a habit of dying on us. And Tokfaw's like, yeah, I mean, not usually from being sick, but, uh, you know, swords and such. And then Vivin is like, uh-oh, are they going to turn on me? Or, like, now that Lennox is dead, are they free from their contract? And Dent's like, ah, you see? Yeah, she's thinking. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Why does everyone assume when a mercenary's contract is over, he's going to betray him? You think we go around stabbing people for fun? You think a surgeon has this problem? Do people worry the moment they're done paying him, he'll laugh maniacally and cut off their toes? And talking Fa's like, I like cutting off toes. <laughs> yeah, that's different, though. You wouldn't do it simply because your contract ran out, right? He's like, oh, no, no, no. Toes is toes. <laughs> it's just uh, that's that's a new mantra for everyday life. Toes is toes, you know? It's true. That's what I live by. My toes are my toes. <laughs> I gotta admit, these two is like, all right, we get it. You're mercenaries. You don't need to keep harping on the subject. Oh yeah, they do. <laughs> I don't no. think you understand. They're not assassins. They're mercenaries. In fact, you made the very mistake of earlier calling them assassins, and you I did, almost corrected true. you. Did I? Yep. I too was like, maybe I should correct him now. We'll let it go. Uh, okay. Uh, so uh, they talk about how mercenary work is respectable. It's legal. And Tong Fa points out, not that we pay the tax collectors, though. We tend to stab them for the fun of it. <laughs> so, no, Lemix, Lemix is their boss. He's Or was their boss. He's dead now, so... <laughs> not anymore, like, he's not. No, no. Our contract transfers to you, I think, if you want it. And he even says, it's like, you know, he, he paid us half up front, so, you know, we, we still got some time. Or maybe, was it Lemix that mentioned that he paid him half? I don't remember. Somebody, somebody says it. No, they, and, I think they straight up tell her, like, he paid us half. And we, we haven't even run through that yet. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's th- pretty honorable as far as mercenary thinking goes, because they've been like, oh, yeah, no, we you got to pay us. Uh, he hadn't paid us yet. Uh, but apparently Denth doesn't even pay attention to how much they have left on their contract. He's like, nah, Jules handles that that kind of thing. 
third member of our group. She's off doing jewel stuff. How many of you are there? Just three, unless you count pets, because he has that bird. Oh, yeah, here it is. It's like uh, we get, we got at least a few months left. We paid half up front. So even if you don't want to pay us the rest, we probably owe you a few more weeks. Tonkfa. So if there's anyone you want killed, now would be the time. That does sound kind of assassiny. I mean, you, you can't say it's not. Maybe it's, it's true. We talked about last week, like how far does it have to go? Like how important does a person have to be before it's a, a murder or an assassination instead of a murder? So maybe, you know, they're not assassins. They'll murder unimportant people for the amount of money they have left on their contract. Not an important one. By the end of this book, all right, here's an early predicament for you. They are going to become assassins. Oh. Just they, they need to broaden their horizons is, is the problem. <laughs> how, 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 what's the most important person land? The God King. Let's see it. Ooh. I mean, I, I don't think Vivenna would object, honestly. Probably not. Might not be good uh, if it could be traced back to Idris, though. That uh, that would probably lead to war. And so, Denth uh, is like, so uh, what do you actually want us to do? Like, why are you even here? He's like, oh, I'm going to sneak into the God King's palace and rescue my sister. And they're like, oh. Ah, that old chestnut. Ambitious. She is a princess. They tend to be ambitious sorts, I hear. And Denth's like, that's a little beyond our normal, uh, the, the kind of thing we do. Tonkfa's like, yeah, we usually just hit things. Or, or we're bodyguards, you know, that sort of that sort of stuff. And then uh, Denth says that Lemix has been embezzling money from the king and spending it on breath. And Vivenna is outraged. Lemix was a patriot. He wouldn't do such a thing. And I like Denth is like, look, I mean, even a good priest isn't above slipping himself a few coins every now and then. People, people aren't simple, even Idrians. Like Tonkfa's like, yeah, boring, but not simple. Take that, Idrians. So Denth has some ideas about what they can do to help what she's going for here. He's like, we uh, we're useful in in different ways. We know people, so maybe we can think up something. Maybe I'll be able to come up with something. It's a little bit like kidnapping, which Tonkfa points out we're not fond of. Did we mention that? Yeah, you did. Bad business, no money. And so uh, Denth is like, okay, time to get to work. Let's ransack the house. And Vin is like, wait, what? Like, yeah, you know, break open any hidden safe, search the papers and stuff. I mean, you want to find out what it, Lemix was doing, right? So, and Lemix won't care much, being dead and all, Tong Fa points out. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's true. And so she, you know, Denth is like, she, she's not happy about the ransacking the dead guy's house. And Denth is like, I mean, we don't have to. You're never gonna know what he was up to, but you know that's it's your call. You're the boss. And she's like, fine, but I'm gonna supervise. And Denth goes, actually, I doubt that you will. And he has to point out, today is when the returned are holding court, and your sister is going to be pre- presented to the gods. And then it's like, dude, I've learned about this shit. You can't just walk into the court of the gods. Nobody just walks into Mordor. You have to be very influential, or you have to draw and win the lottery. And Dent's like, yeah, if only we knew somebody with enough breath to instantly be considered important and gain entrance. Tongfa's like, yeah, you, somebody would have to have at least 50 breath to be considered, wor- considered worthy. That's a terribly high number. And how many breaths do I have? Oh, like 500 or so, according to Lemix. Better get going, princess. You'll be late. These guys, uh, very good at uh, Playing the, oh, yeah, we're just, you know, dumb mercenaries. Nobody asks us card while uh, getting her to uh, to the place that they want her to be uh, logic wise. Yeah, these two are 100 percent. Those two chaps from the road to El Dorado. <laughs> Kevin, which one's Kevin Klein? Which one's Kenneth Branagh? 
Hmm. I feel like Dent Dent feels like a Kenneth Branagh to me. Yeah, I, I maybe. Don't, I, don't know why. I don't know. Like Kevin Klein was the thinker of the group, and Dent That's seems like true. he's more of the thinker. I mean, they're, they're uh, characters in Rodel Dorado. I agree with you. I was thinking more in general of like in actors. general. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. Yeah. Instead of a, instead of an armadillo, they got a parrot. <laughs> so we we cut to Siri, who is blonde with excitement, getting her hair done. She's finally gonna get out of the palace after a week stuck inside. Yeah, that's a new catchphrase. I'm gonna have to work into my daily life. Blonde with excitement. <laughs> she see that woman? She's positively blonde with excitement. No one will understand what the hell you're talking about. That's that's his style. You just leave him wanting. It's like, what does that mean? <laughs> Wink. Just walk away. <laughs> the uh, next the next phrase for a t-shirt when you go to uh, is it Dragon Steel? Yeah. Yeah. Blonde with excitement. <laughs> we might. Uh, I mean, that's a quote for the book, so we might get bipped on that one. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm not blonde, so I guess I just wouldn't be excited. Just take yeah, a wig, true. and then when you're not well, so excited, you take it off. I guess I, I, guess I could do, yeah. Could do, could do. Could do. Um, so Siri is, gonna, is, is getting all, all gussied up for her debut in front of the gods, and she's going to go with gold. And I like that uh, they bring out some clothes, she makes a choice, and once she's chosen a color, they bring out three more gold dresses, so she has even <laughs> more choice. I know you didn't. You didn't mean it that way, but like the way you kind of just blasted through that, just like they bring her dresses, she makes a choice. It sounded like super sarcastic, like you thought she made a bad choice. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's freaking gold. What is this girl thinking? Ugh. And then she's like, can I try them all on? And the surfing women are like, they're not supposed to talk. So they just look at each other like, duh. Like, we're surprised you haven't been doing that before now. What fun are dresses if you can't try them all on? And uh, so let's see, what uh, what dress does she go with here? Does it say? No, I don't think it tells us here which one she picked, does it? It tells us a bit later. Yeah, yeah later. Okay. We, cut to, it. we cut to Light Song for Chapter 14, and Light Song does not like that it's raining. And he's like, I'm a god. Shouldn't I have the power over the weather? Why, how can it rain if I don't want it to rain? <laughs> oh, now you want your god powers. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Bro, you're not Lord Raiden. Chill out. Laramar <laughs> like, doesn't argue. Like, based on what we were told about the gods in the last section where it's like you came back from the dead. You have a mission that you're trying to accomplish. There's nothing in there about like divine power uh, to like o- over stuff like the weather. So I just assumed that that wasn't part of their philosophy. It was like, are we, our gods aren't like that. They're, they're not that kind of God, but no, Laramar's just like, I mean, there's 25 gods in the court, right? So maybe more want rain than don't. And light songs like, I'll disprove this. I'm going to take a poll and, See how many people want to drain. And Lermar's like, it's not that's not going to prove anything because, you know, rain is needed. The crops, the grass, all the we have to have rain. So and deep down, you know that your soul knows that rain is best for the city. And so it rains, despite what your consciousness thinks. And Light Song's like, OK, with an argument like that, you could say that anyone was a god. And Scoot's like, yeah, but not anyone comes back from the dead. So or has the power to heal the sick. Or the ability to foresee the future. Point taken. Yeah, he's like, okay, fair points. And so they get to this arena. It's a big, uh, some big stone thing. Lots of lots of rows of benches for the common people, and the gods have like their own boxes. But as as we recall from last time, Light Song is going to go to Blush Weaver's box and hang out with her today. And I like 
when they get there, the first thing he says is, Blush Weaver, my high priest tells me that you're to blame for this weather. And Scoot's over here like, damn it, I don't, that's not what I said. But whatever, can't correct my god. And uh, Blush Weaver's basically like, I like the rain. So uh, it's different. I like things that are different. The rain feels that different to me, but, you know, whatever. It's like, how am I supposed to follow that line? Uh, <laughs> all right, let me say this. And inside, she's just going, damn it. <laughs> he's like uh suck it i don't, I don't know <laughs> he, he says that uh he's not different he strives for nothing if not mediocrity and that is hardly different in fact i should say it's highly in fashion in court these days burn other gods <laughs> and she's like dude don't say stuff like that people might start believing you and he's like no i mean that's that's what i'm going for I like if I can't work a deific miracle like changing the weather, I might as well set or settle for the lesser miracle of being the one person who tells the truth here. Mediocrity isn't the best way to serve our people. You're right. What is that? Medium rare on a bed of sweet potato medallions with a little garlic and a light white wine sauce. Mmm, potato. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> she tells him you're incorrigible. I immediately heard Brandon Routh and Scott Pilgrim's going, I don't even know the meaning of the word. Yeah, exactly. That's, I was, he doesn't. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> he doesn't. You, you cocky cock. <laughs> Speaking of which, you guys see they're doing like an animated version of that show? Are they? Yep. And like most of the actors are coming back from the film to play their characters. Is nice. Is a remake of the film or are we going to be? No, I think it's like a series and it's going to stay like closer to the uh, to the comic. Scott Pilgrim animation. Oh, yeah, this this was announced in March. I guess I just haven't been paying attention. Yeah, I know at least Michael Cera is playing Scott Pilgrim and Kieran Culkin is playing Wallace. I know those two at least are definitely in it. It's going to be a Netflix thing. Of course uh, it is. Not only is the Scott Pilgrim anime a real thing, but it's currently in production with the entire cast of the 2010 movie. When we say entire cast, we mean Michael Cera, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ellen Wong, Mae Whitman. I mean, some of the some of these cast members even, have become major stars. Yeah, that's true. It's like, yeah, you got Chris Evans and Brie Larson in there as well. It's like that's yeah. like it's gonna have quite mm-hmm. a price tag on it. Yeah, Aubrey Plaza, Anna yeah. Kendrick. It, it lists Chris Evans, Brie Larson, Kieran Culkin, and Aubrey Plaza as people also returning. So, okay, that's a massive cast. It really is. Yeah, which I mean, I think at the time Chris Evans was like on the rise when that movie came out. Yeah, it was. It was pre Captain America, but it yeah. was po- but it was post like Fantastic Four and Sunshine, so he was still he was definitely on the rise, yeah. Yeah, and Michael Cera had already been in a bunch of like teen stuff, so people liked him and I think really the biggest un not unknown, but the biggest talents in that film that are now much better known were probably Brie Larson and uh and Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, I'd say that without a doubt. Was she on was on that show? Aubrey Plaza, was she on that show? Was she Parks was, but it wasn't popular yet. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, I, I still, Mae Whitman, Katara is still my favorite, so. Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. That's, uh, I, I love that's Scott a, Pilgrim. That's our, yeah, that's our Scott Pilgrim digression for this evening. The, uh, the, the movie and the comics uh, were also very good. So, and apparently this is going to be based more on the comics. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Back to the book. Blushweaver says that he should fight the universe and he goes I think that the universe and I are in a different weight class and she says I think you're wrong and he says are you saying I'm fat <laughs> this guy 
<laughs> I'm getting a terrible headache. You can't get headaches. Well, I can't get subtext either. So, <laughs> and he has a bit where he claims that he is decided to be a worshiper of Oster, the Idrian religion. And she's like, oh, don't know. That's actually really complex. You don't want to try pan call instead. But he's like, aren't they just basically the same as us? And she's like, no, they have their own religion, actually. And we find out that we have met a pan call person uh, here, in a, here in a little bit. Sometimes our conversations remind me of a broken sword, sharp as hell, but lacking a point. And Blushweaver wants to know more about the queen, which I think we already gotten that impression when the queen showed up and we had a conversation with her before. But you know, like Lightsong didn't even know that this was the day she was coming out. He's like, oh, really? Is her period of isolation over? All right, whatever. <laughs> That's literally what this ceremony is for, dude. <laughs> Laramar's behind him just going, I've told him three times on the way over. He didn't listen any times. And uh, we cut to Siri again. Her dress has a ridiculously long train that like a group of women have to carry behind her. So that's that's uh, probably not the one I would have picked, but whatever. It's not my choice. <laughs> and she wants to let the rain fall on her face a little bit. Uh, she finally gets to be outside. She wants to be outside. Because they're carrying her. And uh, the serving women are like, oh, shit. Should, I don't, they're like looking at each other. And she's like, come on, just just for a minute. Come on. And they're like, okay, fine. And she's like, I could walk, you know. And it says the serving women looked very, very uncomfortable about that concept. So I, I question how much authority she has here. Like, could she just be like, I'm yeah, going to walk? I think she definitely could. But I think they're worried about what would happen to them if she does that like it's not about you know it's not about like we don't we we can't let you do that it's more like please 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 don't please don't <laughs> we're gonna get in so much trouble and so uh she yeah she's picked a gown with a more daring neckline than she's worn before no sleeves and uh the skirt which is short in the front but long in the back she blushed every time she thought about how much leg it showed which when we see the ventilator, she's like, oh, my gosh, she's wearing a skirt that doesn't cover her ankles. Outrageous. And uh, as they approach, she's like, so where's the God King? They're like, no, the God King doesn't show up until everybody else is already here. Which, you know, I guess that makes sense. The God King doesn't wait. You wait for him. She she starts looking at the people here. There's a wide variety of people, different skin colors, different hair colors, different clothing, all sorts of it's, it's once again, very colorful. We're in Hellandrin. Just assume that there's a riot of color, I guess. Clothing ranged from vests and shorts to long robes and gowns. How much time must they spend shopping? She had enough trouble choosing, and she only had about a dozen choices each day, and no hats. She refused the first few hats so the servants stopped offering them. I mean, you don't really need a hat on in her week inside anyway, so maybe they should go back now that she can leave and try some hats. Right. Yeah, but that, that's, also, that's sort of I mean, from a practicality her. sense. Like, this isn't practical. Like, they're not a practical society. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Also, they like they like her hair real long, so they may not want hats. Yeah, also true. And she she watches some of the gods coming in. One of them's just bare chested, and she's like, "Oh my goodness!" Like very uh, kind of like, "Oh, should I look? This is this is weird." Oh my god, you could grind meat on those. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she notes that the other Helan- the Hellandrian deities do not seem as punctual as Bluefinger's schedule keeping had led her to believe. So things run a little more uh, on time in the God King's palace than uh, other places, which, yeah, I, I 100 percent believe that if they're anything like Light Song, that uh, punctuality is not at the top of their list of priorities. 
And we cut to Vivenna, who had a very easy time getting into the court, just like Denth predicted. They even let Parlin go with her as her attendant. So she can tell just from looking at people how many breaths they have. She could tell that the priests at the gate were the first tightening, had just enough to get to the first tightening, 50 breaths or so. And she's still in this where it's like it, the color is amazing since she has this power to like differentiate colors. And so she looks at like the gods' palaces that are painted different colors and like the red one. I, I think the red one is Light Songs. I don't recall off the top of my head. But it's like what where Parlin just sees a very red building. She sees that it's very intentionally artfully created with these different shades of red stepping up in tone as it progresses. But only somebody with like the third heightening can even see that. So and the Court of the Gods is a really big lawn, as we established before. And Parlin's like, yeah, this would be a good place to graze sheep. And she's like, I, I don't think that's what it's for. Goats, then? <laughs> all right. I wonder if they have people out here like cutting the grass all the time. Probably, right? Yeah, you I would assume. assume. Yeah. Although it doesn't sound like it rains a ton. Oh, and see, that's the thing. I was this is this is like a jungle climate around uh, around Holandrin, so I assume that it would rain a lot, but I don't know. I know he makes it sound later like it rains more out in the jungle, so I wonder mm. like if there's some kind of weird biochromatic power that keeps it from being as like drastic of a climate there. Well, they're also right on like the edge of this inland sea, so it could be you know the sea could affect the climate right here on the sure okay let's see let's see she's watching all the people come in all the priests dress in the same color as their god it makes sense we've, we've kind of established that i think and she's watching the guy the, the, the these gods walking by and on the one hand this is really interesting and they're kind of impressive on the other hand this guy absorbs a person's breath every week to keep him alive and they don't even know that they prefer children so or she doesn't even know that so that would not make her like him better and then there's the guy with the, the unusually long cloak who lifts himself up with it to be like, ah, it looks like the lines, the line will be moving soon. And then she sees her sister and her heart sank. Poor, my poor, poor sister. A scandalous golden dress that didn't even come down to her knees. It had a plunging neckline and her hair, which even she should have been able to keep her dark brown, was the golden yellow of enjoyment. Look at look what they're, they've done to her, forcing her to keep her hair that color to match her clothing. I just love how obvious it is that, like, what she thinks is going on isn't what's going on. It's like, her hair is the color of enjoyment. She must be terrified. But <laughs> Even Vivenna should be able to remember that Siri has never been good at controlling the color of her hair. Yeah. yeah. It's like, she calls it the color of enjoyment. What do you think is happening here? <laughs> and she's like, Siri is being exploited, displayed as a trophy that... They, they're, they're trying to let everyone know that they could take even a chaste, innocent Idrian woman and do whatever they wanted to her. It's in, it's in this moment that I'm like, Vivetta, what did you think you were going to do differently that was going to keep you from looking like this? Like, yeah, I guess because she didn't have the experience of riding there and being bathed and then having to like, you know, being basically being forced to do all these things like what when they when they started to bathe her, which she'd been like, no, I demand you stop. Like, I don't know what she thinks that she would have done differently i guess but she also doesn't know exactly what's happened to siri so right yeah parlin's like favena why is everybody starting to bow and so siri's up here looking out at all the all the gods and such and then everyone starts bowing and she's like what what's going on? is it like a greeting for me their new queen like that that's nice and one of the serving women is like pulling on her vessel behind you and chapter 15 here comes the god king 
the uh, lesser known uh, uh, wedding march song there. Here comes the God King. <laughs> I'd, I'd listen to it. Might, might, might be good. <laughs> uh, so he's wearing white and something about his biochrome makes the white like act like it's white light passing through a prism. And he's just like a rainbow of color around him in an aura. And he's way younger than she thought. She's never gotten a real good look at him. And she's like, this guy looks yeah. like he's not more than 20. Bending light into a rainbow, got to say, pretty baller move. Right, yeah. <laughs> the serving women are, again, having to like tug on her and stuff like, you're supposed to kneel. What are you doing? And then we cut to Light Song and Blushweaver, where Lights, or Blushweaver is kneeling. And Light Song's like, why do, you, why do we kneel? That's our king. Drop down, fool. What's going to happen if I don't? They can't execute me. I'm a god. You could hurt our cause. And he's like, wait, wait, our cause? One meeting and I'm already like part of the club? I don't uh, I don't know that I approve of this. <laughs> goes, goes full Ben and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't sign my name on anything. <laughs> exactly. And we come back to Siri, who is now kneeling, finally. And she sees that uh, like these coils of rope that twist with a life of their own and wrap around Sessabron, the god king, and pull him into the air and up onto like a it says a stone outcropping, like a balcony up on the building. And then she sees like there's some awakener priests control commanding the ropes. And like her 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 first thought is like, so he's not gonna sit with me. All right. How rude. And then she starts thinking about religion. And it's like, I mean, he's not really a god, right? Like he's doing some impressive stuff here, but Oster is the true god of men, the one who sent the return. But I've never seen Oster, and I've seen this guy, and he's pretty impressive. And uh, then all of a sudden, here's Blue Fingers. I see that his immortal majesty is positioned and that you are properly displayed, Vessel. It's like, I mean, putting you on display is the main purpose of this visit. The return didn't get a chance to see you when you first showed up. Shouldn't they be paying attention to the priests down there instead of studying me? And he's like, well, yeah, probably. But in my experience, they rarely do what they're supposed to do. And so she tries to ask him about that thing that he said the other night. And he immediately gives her a look like, shut up. This is not the time or place to talk about this. And then she says, are they really gods? He's like, what? They're returned. Do you really think they're divine? That they can see the future? And he's like, I'm not the person to ask about that. Let me get you a priest. They can answer all your questions. It's like, no, no, I want a, an opinion of a regular person like you, a typical follower. And he's like, oh, no, I don't. I, I'm, I'm not part of that religion. I don't follow them. But you work in the palace. I mean, you live in the palace and uh, neither of us worship the iridescent tones. So. I'm you're from Idris. I'm from Pancall. And she's like, ah, Pancall, that's the same thing as Halandrin. You're ruled by the God King. And uh, I don't think he likes that. <laughs> He's like, ah, that is that is a stereotype and an assumption. And I and I resent it. Yeah, exactly. He's like, uh, no, we're we're quite different. Don't appreciate being lumped in. We can accept him as king without worshiping him as a god. One of the reasons I'm a steward and not a priest. And she's like, oh, maybe that's why he wears the brown robes instead of the priest colors. Yeah, OK. So what do you think of them? And he says, good people, but misguided. A little like I think of you, Vessel. And she's like, but he's got like like this radiance. Like, Did you see the rainbows? And Bluefingers explains that, no, that's that's just biochroma. Like he, the other return don't do what he does or don't look like him because they don't hold as many breaths as him. Which here answers uh, a question that we've had a couple times. If they can have more breaths, like just hold a bunch more. And sure enough, the God King was not born with more breaths than everybody else. He inherited them. He actually the just light. murdered a bunch of a bunch of Care Bears and stole their power. 
Care Bear Stare. Maybe he'll say that later. <laughs> but he says, the light of peace, they call it. A fancy word for the trove of breaths that number somewhere in the tens of thousands. The God Kings are said to be the only ones to ever achieve the tenth heightening. That's what makes light fracture around him as it does. And we find out that you can do other things with the tenth heightening. You can break like lifeless commands, awaken objects without touching them. But these powers are less a function of divinity and a sim- more a simple matter of how many breaths you hold. And most of those tens of thousands were originally gathered by Peacegiver the Blessed. During the days of the many war, he collected thousands of breaths and passed them on hmm. to the first god king. That inheritance has been transferred from father to son for centuries and has been enlarged because each god king is given two breaths a week instead of just one. So, oh, a lot of info. This, this even adds to Joe's calculation of like, geez, how many kids are there that they can be taken this many a week? And so she's just like, oh, okay. So not a god, just a guy with lots of biochroma, but I mean, also a return. Okay. So. But she, she, I like her thought. She's like, but they're so majestic. Why had the royal family been cast out? The revolt had been led by Khaled the Usurper. Though Siri had avoided most of her tutorial sessions, even she knew the stories of that guy. He was the one who had led the people of Halandrin in the heresy of building lifeless. Created a powerful army of the creatures like had never been seen. He'd eventually been defeated by Peacegiver, who ended the many war through diplomacy. Which I guess it makes sense if you're the guy who makes peace after a horrible war. Peacegiver, good name. The stories say that Khaled's armies are still out there somewhere, waiting to sweep down and destroy again. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's a lovely bedtime story to tell your children. <laughs> and I, I like Siri is just like, I mean, that's how this is how we tell the story in Idris. Probably in Halandrin, they have their own version of the story, which is, I think, an enlightened view to take where she's like, you know, they probably have a different version. And who knows, like, which one is more correct, honestly. And then we cut back to Vivenna, who's just like, oh, my gosh, things are even worse here than my tutor said. All this color, all these people. I think that was my favorite because I kind of found the Vivenna series like on opposite ends kind of goofy. But I think that was my favorite moment. It's like literally series just like it's not as bad as my tutor said. And then immediately Vivenna's like, it's worse than my tutor said. <laughs> <laughs> it's it. Seems a bit Lurdy Tunes esque. It's like the immediate self con- yep. the immediate contradiction. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like the Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah, the Parlin is like kind of looking around the crowd, paying attention to the priests debating on the floor, but she is so distracted by this new color perception ability that she's not paying any attention really. And eventually she's like, I can't take this. I've seen Siri, I know what's going on with her, we gotta go. And that's when she turns around and there is a guy staring at her facial hair halfway between a beard and a scruff, ragged brown clothing ripped in places, loose trousers tied with a rope, hair unkempt. But from the bubble of color around him, she can tell that he is at least the fifth heightening and they lock eyes and she has a sudden awful panicked sensation that he knows exactly who she is. So fifth heightening is like 2,000 breaths. So if she has 500-ish, he's got like four times as many. A lot of breath that he got from that uh, that VAR guy who also yeah. can call, by the way. I don't know if uh, if you guys recall that, but uh, he was from the same place as apparently Bluefingers comes from. Oh, cool. Hmm. I, would, I would think if Vasher 
he probably does know who she is because he was expecting her. And then when it wasn't her, he's like, they sent the other one. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I bet he does know who she is. But I also bet because he has the same, you know, he has heightening power. He's probably like, what the hell is she doing here? And what the hell is she doing with breaths? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. I hadn't thought of that. But you're right. He would have seen right through that and just gone, OK, that's a that's a development. Yeah, he's like, what? What? <laughs> have some yeah. questions. Yes. <laughs> it's just two for further questions. <laughs> two two questions. First, what? Second, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this guy's uh this is our, our one glimpse of Asher this week and last week put together. And he's making her a little bit uncomfortable. You know, there's he's just been off screen because Nightblood got away from him. There's just been like a yakety sax moment of him chasing the sword all over the city while it bounces from murder victim to murder victim. <laughs> <laughs> and in other news, the mysterious killings are still going on. People say that nothing is left at the scene except piles of blood. People have been brutally murdered by being stabbed through the chest. However, nobody has seen an assailant. Only darkness and a blade. Lead, lead, lead source in the palace, Bluefingers, had this to say. The fuck do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, I'm a steward. Get out of my face. I, 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 I don't have time for this. But uh, yeah, she's like, Parlin, we're leaving. And he's like, but uh, nope, come on, shut up, we're leaving. And as they're leaving, he's like, I don't I don't know why you wanted to leave. I thought you might have wanted to hear what they're saying about Idris in there. Like, Wait, what? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're talking about declaring war. Don't we have a treaty or something? <laughs> war were declared. Vivenna seems to routinely underestimate Parlin, uh, and uh, I think uh, she needs to fix that, or she's going to suffer for it. And so we cut to the priests on the floor talking about whether or not to invade Idris. Uh, Stillmark's high priest is against it, but Lightsong notes that Stillmark is a traditionalist, and basically that means that he'll argue against every any proposal that's made. Anything different? Nah. Forget that. He's nearly as old as Blushweaver, and considered wise is Stillmark. And opposing Stillmark's high priest is Blushweaver's high priest, Inhana. And Blushweaver is in favor of the war, and her high priest is arguing that uh, they hold, the, the Idrians hold all of the northern passes, every workable copper mine, they have military garrisons within striking distance of our capital, and they still claim to be ruled by the rightful kings of Halandrin. I think Siri doesn't even really come up in this discussion, which it's like we have a treaty. They lived up to their end of the treaty. Do we really not give a shit about that? Apparently not. And they're up here. Light songs like you're behind this, aren't you? You've you're not only behind this debate, but you stacked the audience with people sympathetic to you. And she's like, I mean, yeah, but so did the others. I just did a better job of it. Freaking politicians. That's that's why you guys don't like Blushweaver, because nobody likes a politician. Let's be honest. It's just reminding us uncomfortably of Will of Ascension. That's all. Hmm. And she's just uh, she's just giving me Cleopatra vibes, which is like super derivative to me. So like I'm not into it. Hmm. But for Light Song, there's the additional complication here. If he keeps having these dreams, possibly premonitions, although he doesn't really believe that he can see the future, but he keeps having these dreams of the city in flames. So he's like, maybe we shouldn't have a war. I mean, because that might be bad for us. And he's like, you want my lifeless commands, don't you? And she's like, oh, well, I wouldn't say that. I just want you to be informed. She, ah, colors. <laughs> of course I want your commands. And so, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I want that too. <laughs> I like I like that colors is the swear word. Maybe a remnant of the old Austria thing where colors are bad. Yeah, could be. And 
this leads to my favorite uh, bit of dialogue in the chapters where she says, you're difficult to manipulate, you know, and he's like, no, all you have to do is promise me that I don't have to do anything and then I'll do anything you want. And she says anything. He's like, well, anything that doesn't require doing anything. And she goes, that's nothing then. Is it? Yes. Well, that's something. That's just, this is that Oscar Wilde shit. Silly word. Yeah, that's where this, like, yeah, this stuff is where Light Song wears on me. I'm like, okay, dude, we get it. You're clever with a turn of phrase. Cool. Awesome. I like it. I do like it if it wasn't his whole shtick. Like, I feel like he relies on it too much. And then Light Song is sitting here like, there's more than even what you're saying. You're hiding something. What aren't they saying, like, during this debate on the floor? And she's just like, Light Song, dear, you were right. Bringing you to government proceedings, and it, it corrupts you entirely. I just don't like secrets. They make my brain itch. And I like her retort is forced simile, dear. And this is where Blush Weaver says, you know, the queen, they sent the wrong one. And Light Song says, yeah, clever of them. And Blush Weaver goes, clever. It's downright brilliant. Do you know what a fortune we paid these last 20 years to spy upon, study, and learn about the eldest daughter? Those of us who thought to be careful even studied the second one. But the youngest, nobody gave her half a thought. I love how it's like, they're all just like, what what brilliant chess move is this? Clearly the Idrians are much more clever than we thought. And it's just because dad didn't want to give up his favorite kid. Yep. Like, it's just, oh my God. She says, my spies in Idris insist the girl is of little consequence, which makes me worry that she's even more dangerous than I'd feared. Yeah, it's a real the man who knew too little situation here, except it's the yep. princess who knew too little. Yep. Yeah. And she she, she kind of convinces Light Song. It's like, wow, yeah. Like with her arguments, he's like, I mean, if you wanted to send an assassin and get him close to the get her close to the God King, what better way than to send someone to marry him? So it's like maybe they've been training her in secret all these years as an assassin while making her look like the the girl who doesn't <laughs> listen and nobody cares about. And Blushweaver's like. We need to be ready to act. I won't sit and let my kingdom be pulled out from under me. I won't be idly cast out as the royals once were. So Light Song controls a fourth of the lifeless their lifeless forces, 10,000 soldiers. who Don't need to eat, can march tirelessly. If we convince the other three with commands to join us. And Light Song's like, okay, yeah. And he starts to go. What are you doing? I think I'll go for a stroll. Where? Light Song glanced at the queen. Oh, blessed colors, do not ruin this. And he says, I at least have to have a chat with her. Nothing would be more intolerable than being overthrown by a person with whom I'd never even had a nice conversation. So we cut back to Siri, and I like she's just like blue fingers wandered off at some point. I don't know. Uh, but she's watching the priest's debate, but not she's not. I don't feel like she's taking it in because she's after it's over. She's like, what was that about? They sound like they were discussing war. I mean, they wouldn't do that, right? And she's got nobody to ask but her servants, and they're very uncomfortable by this. And so a woman rushes away and comes back with Trelides, the high priest, or the the God King's high priest. And she's like, ah, crap. I I don't want to talk to this asshole. Yes, Vessel, the tall man said, eyeing her with his usual air of disdain. And she's like, what were those priests just talking about? I mean, it seems to me like they were arguing whether or not to attack a rebel province and bring it back under royal control. Your people are in a state of rebellion against the rest of the kingdom. And she says, but you rebelled against us. And he just raises an eyebrow. And she's like, right, right. Different viewpoints on history. I I was just thinking about that. Okay. You wouldn't really attack us, would you? We just sent you a queen. And he's like, yeah, it's probably nothing. 
just the, the gods just need to be kept up to date on you know what's going on in the city. But then he has something he wants to talk to her about, and I love his roundabout way of getting there. It's like, well, you you know monarchies, right? I mean, you you were the daughter of a king, so you know a little something about government and stability and succession, all that <laughs> stuff. You realize the importance of an heir being provided as quickly as possible. And Sirius, so like, yeah, we're we're working on that. And he goes, with all due respect, Vessel, there is some degree of disagree of disagreement upon whether or not you actually are. To be fair to her in this situation, she's done everything up until the last time. She did everything the way they told her to do it. Yep. Yep. And it's like, just because he, they, and now they're basically like, no, 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 you have to throw yourself at him. But we don't want to tell you that. We want to hint to you that that's what you need to do. <laughs> How much clout do I have as queen? Can I order an execution? <laughs> and I like her. She's like, how do you know? I mean, maybe we are. Maybe you'll have an heir before you know it. <laughs> Just say, like, we could be. You don't know. Vessel, do you <laughs> honestly think we would take an unfamiliar foreign woman and place her in close proximity to our most holy of gods without keeping watch? <laughs> it's like, with all due respect, we are watching through a people on the wall. Ew. Are you enjoying it? There's no, <laughs> there's no respect there. No. <laughs> and it was like, she should tell her husband that. It's like, you know that the, the, the dudes are just watching. And possibly enjoying it too much. And the gods like, what? Right. <laughs> this is like, I mean, this is a thing culturally in in older times. It's like you had to make sure that the marriage was consummated. So like you waited outside the marriage like room to to make sure that they were having sex. So like I get it, but it's still icky. There's there's a, there's an annotation. Uh, I don't even remember if it's on this section or if it's mentioned later, but where Brandon's like. You know, they uh, they have these concerns because really he's got a point. This is a strange woman who's shown up. You're going to let her walk up and like hang out with your God King without taking any precautions. She could, as Blushweaver is saying or suspecting, she could be an assassin. Yeah. And so apparently, according to Brandon, uh, while, while it's not specifically stated in the book, the first night that she was there, they had a soldier hiding under the bed. Oh, God. <laughs> armed and another one in like a secret like tiny secret room beside the fireplace or something just ready to jump out if she did something wrong <laughs> imagine that's like i mean again you get it especially because they sent a different one than they originally had a, they originally thought they were going to send so it's like this one shows up it's not even the one they said they were going to send it's like uh we gotta be careful here yeah and so trellides is like look we understand the god king might not be what you expected he may even be difficult to work with. You are a woman, however, and should know how to use your charms to motivate. How, how can I motivate if I can't talk to him or look at him? And he's just like, I'm sure you'll find a way. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But he does dangle a carrot. That he's like, I mean, look, the God King's priesthood, we have some influence here in court. And maybe <laughs> we could uh, help... Sure, ensure that your people don't get slaughtered or whatever, you know, if you do what we want. Yeah, he dangles that carrot and then immediately he's like, also the rod, you know, we, we, yeah. there, there's going to be consequences if, you know, an air is not produced. And finally, he's like, I see that you understand. We will speak further if it becomes necessary. And I know we haven't gotten there yet, but it's like this is obviously like we know Siri doesn't have any tact because she tried to talk about that vague warning Bluefingers gave to her right in front of the God King. 
but then she's even less tactful here when Light Song comes up. She's like, the priests are being mean to me, and now I don't know what you're doing to me. And it's like, dude, you're just like <laughs> blabbing about everything, huh? It's yeah. Light Song comes up. Like Trelody heads off because he sees Light Song coming, basically. And uh, Light Song's like, yeah, it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm sure. And she's like, you're you're sure? Figure of speech, my dear. And uh, she's like, I'm just pleasure, pleased to make your acquaintance, your grace. And then she has to turn to one of her serving women. Like, who's this guy? Light Song the Brave, Lord of Heroes. And Light Song is judging her, like, instantly. He's like, okay, she's a little weird. Uh, some hesitancy here. Either she's not trained for formal situations, which is I find difficult to believe, or she's a really good actress. It's the former Light Song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? It's... As they continue their conversation, he's being light song, you know, saying crazy, stupid shit. Like, if cows could return, they'd undoubtedly rank higher than I. And he just keep, continues to know. It's like, yeah, she's too formal, not at ease, uncomfortable around those of higher rank. Could she actually be that genuine? The, and they don't talk that long, but he actually seems very perceptive because he's picking up on a lot in this brief conversation. And then he uh, he goes off on a thing about grapes and how great they are but deceptive, so hard and dry on the outside, but delectable on the inside. Don't you think? And she's like, we don't have grapes in Idris. Just imagine Light Song being like, man, she doesn't have grapes. Usually the grape thing kills. Come on. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> loves the grape thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, ugh, grapes, what kind of backwater place do you come from? He, he gives her this thing about like, yeah, we haven't had a queen in a long time. Old Susabron up there has really been moping around, looking forlorn. It's good for him to have a woman in his life. Thank you for the compliment, Your Grace. You're welcome. I'll make up a few more if you like. And that's when she's just like, okay, you're making fun of me, right? This is some bullshit here. Like, just when I think stuff is starting to make sense, the priests are yelling at me, and then you come over here, and what am I even supposed to do with you? You seem more like a schoolboy than a god. You found me out. I killed the real god and took his place. I've come to hold you ransom for sweets. <laughs> Which, okay, that, that that was a good line. He he really rolls with the punches quickly there. Um, <laughs> she's like, like a good line, but probably read the room, man. Like, she's, <laughs> <laughs> she's not yeah, willing to take any of your shit right now. Yeah, it's like, no, no, you're losing her. Stop. It's like he's just <laughs> incapable of not talking shit. Mayday, mayday. <laughs> I love that he knows it, too. And he's like, ah, oh, crap. Okay, I'm definitely saying all the wrong things here. <laughs> She's just like, aren't you supposed to be distinguished or something? And he's like, oh, this is what passes for distinguished in Hellandron. And then she didn't seem convinced. And he goes, I am, of course, lying through my teeth. Uh, the other gods, I'm sure they'll impress you. They're all more deific than me. And she's like, you seem more like the god of jesters than the god of bravery. I have applied for the position and been turned down. You should see the person they have doing the job. Dull as a rock and twice as ugly. And he's like, no, I'm not lying about that one. Mirthgiver, god of laughter, horrible. If ever there was a god more poorly suited to his position than I, it is he. And she's just like, I, I don't understand you. Apparently there's a lot going on here that I don't understand. And this is when he's just like, she's not faking. Like either, Or, or else she's the best actress who's ever lived, basically. This means something. I mean, maybe there's more mundane reasons for her being sent instead of her sister, or maybe there's a plot. But if there's a plot, she's not in on it. Khaled's phantoms. This child is going to get ripped apart and fed to the wolves. And so she's just standing there looking confused at him, and he nods and turns to walk away with a smile. 
And then he feels bad about it, especially thinking back to his first few months here and how confused he'd been. And he turns back and he's like, don't let them get to you, child. And then he leaves. And that's the end of our chapters. <laughs> it, It's... It's an interesting scene. I and I mentioned before, I think maybe it was the last episode that I felt like when our four different lines start to cross is when things start to get interesting. And it is interesting, but at the same time it's kind of like you feel bad for Siri and it's not I mean Light Song is not any more of a asshole than he normally is. It's not like you feel like he's intentionally trying to hurt her or whatever but at the same time she's just like so confused and so frustrated and has no idea what to do has no one she can talk to and so uh yeah you feel bad for her or at least i do i don't know let's uh let's do predicaments what do you guys think where are we going from here ah man uh, so obviously there's some kind of plot with the the priests the stewards like everybody know in the palace seems to know something about the god king that we don't know and that siri doesn't know and that vivenna doesn't know so so i'm gonna stick with the theory that the god king is actually is he's undeveloped like mentally and so like he just doesn't know what to do with siri he's just like there's a girl in here what do i do i'm just gonna sit here she looked up at me and she said something to me. That's interesting. Okay, I'm leaving. It's like I don't know if he just like at the same time every night he's just like okay bored now. But <laughs> I'm bored now. Yeah, but like there's something wrong with that dude. And maybe, maybe he's just gay. You know, could be. I mean, I guess it could be. But if you're gay, like, bro, just tell her like, hey, I'm actually <laughs> gay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not interested in what you're offering. But anyway, you know, you've got that. I think there's something weird going on with him, obviously. And and the steward seemed to know, you know, Bluefinger seems to know something's going on. The priests obviously know that they're not consummating and that something, not, nothing's going on. Which, as a priest, it's like, I know you can't directly tell her because, you know, he's your god king. But at the same time, it's like, dude, if he's if he's messed up in the head, that's something I need to know so that I know what I'm supposed to do. Right? It's like, don't just, don't just keep dropping me hints and be like, hey force yourself upon him like you know help somebody out if if a uh, heir is what you're looking for help help him out help her out you know so we've got that going on i'm really interested to see what vivenna's role is going to be in this now especially since she has all these breaths like i feel like she can't just hold all the breaths the whole book and never use them and you know it's so i i'm i'm predicting that she's going to learn about awakening and then like start using it maybe begrudgingly maybe in moments of sheer terror or in moments of emergency, but she's going to do it. And then, yeah, Vasher, don't know what his game is yet, obviously. He's my, he's to me right now the most interesting character. There's the most weird stuff going on for sure with the talking sword, so want him to become more of a focus for sure in the in the story because he seems like an interesting guy. I, I, I gotta be honest, I know that the gods because they've got some kind of weird conspiracy going on that they're that they're probably going to continue to play a major part in the book. I'm already sick of them. I I it's not that I don't like Light Song, it's that I don't care about whatever's going on with them. I don't like Blush Weaver. I'm sick of hearing about him. Uh, like besides Light Song's altruistic characteristics, I could go the rest of the book without them. I really don't. So far they have not impressed me with their with their shtick and their part in the story. And then, you know, like I said, hopefully 
I'm predicting we'll see some action soon because I feel like we need to see some cool power stuff. But uh, yeah, that's all I got. It does seem from the previous Brandon books that we've seen, it does seem like it might be time for a little bit of action. Although I don't, the, the Lantris wasn't super action heavy. It was more of a talky book. This could be kind of similar. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. At least, at least the zealot was more interesting to listen to than the wishy-washy guy who's a god but doesn't really believe like from a certain perspective i understand that it's interesting because it's a different kind of character it's somebody who is a god but doesn't believe in the religion that he's a god of like that's a cool premise i just don't know that the execution for me is really doing it for me okay well and part i think that last week which uh the, some of the stuff you didn't hear dak was talking about having some issues with Light Song kind of just retreading the same ground over and over. And it's like he was like, it's time for Light Song to get some growth as a character. And so that might contrib- be contributing to what you're thinking. Although, I don't know. We'll get to yeah. that in a minute. Maybe he's changed his tune on that. Well, and, you know, he's had this conversation with Siri. Maybe his mind will start to change a little bit. But, yeah, it's like it's it's almost like Light Song and and maybe he's even aware of this to an extent. It's almost like Light Song is stuck in like a Groundhog's Day situation where like to him, it just seems like he's reliving the same thing over and over and over and he can't really escape and it's not interesting enough or or like he's just like, why am I here doing this? He has no purpose, which I totally get like that kind of kind of fear in the back of your head. It's like my life has no purpose i do the same thing day in day out over and over totally get it but uh and and, you know they're calling him to some grand plan and he doesn't know what the plan is so he's like what do i do i don't want to keep just doing this over and over but at the same time yeah i feel like and you know we're reading a book so obviously it's a story and something is going to happen but at this point it's like okay we get it light song's not not having a fun time he's not having a great time well, and I mean, that's not even talking about the worst of it, which we we hit on once again last time where he, the petitions where he has to go out yeah. there and see all these people begging him to die for them. Yeah, it's like thousands of people line up to be like, hey, will you die for me? And you're like, no, I'm sorry. You have to condemn a baby to death because you don't want to die. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's not an easy thing to be doing. Sure. Especially if you do have a conscience. Yeah, exactly. It's like, because it seems like maybe some of these other people don't have consciences. At least, like to me, Blush Weaver seems like it's just like survival at any cost. So she's not one that's going to be like, yeah, I'll sacrifice my life for this person. I mean, apparently none of them are. There hasn't been one who sacrificed themselves in three years. So yet. Okay, so predictions. So where I think this is going, I feel like Light Song. His whole deal is like he just sees everything as pointless and doesn't really understand what the go is as as a god. I feel I think that now that he's mixed up with Siri, he's gonna. I think the fact that he's eventually gonna realize, oh, she is 100% genuine. She's not acting. She's just someone who got sent here and doesn't really have a clue what she's doing. And to him, that might be like he, he sees himself. I am but a simple man. I only understand simple problems. This is a simple problem he'll be able to understand. So he might actually. So that's going to spur him to go, I should do something about this, because this I get. Like, I don't get all the big politics talk and all the godly stuff, but I understand a girl who's been taken away from her home. And so I think that's going to spur him to become Ciri's big ally here. And I think that is going to compound with, as I said last week, I think Vaven is going to mix it up with Vasha. So both, both the princesses have their allies in the city, and I think that and now that I think, all right, so Siri will have Light Song and Vena will have Vasha, 
Light Song might not remember it, but he and Vasha have history. So I and I think that's going to cause some conflict later on, especially because Vasha because um Light Song doesn't remember the conflict, but Vasha does. So it's going to be like, mm. oh, what is this guy's problem? And that'll just cause more conflict between the four of them, and just really throw spanners into whatever works is going on. So I think that's I think that's where all that's going to go. That's an interesting thought, and I mean, I, I like your idea of uh, of it being Light Song and Vasher with with the history because well, Vasher's just mysterious in general, right? And Light Song's history is a mystery not only to us but to him. So yeah. that makes it a really good candidate. Although almost anyone in the story, you could be like. Light Song has a history with them and doesn't know it. Like any, almost any character could pop out and be that person who has a thing. Uh, probably not like Vivenna and Siri, who have lived in Idris all their lives, but just about anybody else could yeah, yeah. have a secret history with Light Song. So that uh, there, there's a lot of interesting possibilities there. I like that. Okay, I don't, I don't really have a lot more to add to what I've said previously this week. I still think. That maybe Vivenna is the girl from Light Song's Nightmares. I was thinking like it might have even been Siri, but he's met Siri now and that hasn't registered. So unless it's only a fleeting glance, I don't know. I'm less likely to think it's Siri. I think Dak's onto something that you'll have Vivenna and Vasha kind of team up. And especially because she like Vivenna can sense the power in in Vasha and also in Nightblood. So mm-hmm. I think that will probably be something that will get explored. She might be kind of reluctant to associate with him, but I think if he wants to talk to her, he'll find a way of making that happen. I think she'll avoid him. Obviously, she doesn't want to be found out and hunted down as the princess. So that'll be interesting to see where that goes. I'm wondering if the the priests ever thought maybe um, the God King was having some performance issues because they're hiding under his bed. Um, <laughs> yeah, if he knows about that, yeah. Yeah, maybe they should have uh, really just <laughs> let him be. But yeah, something's definitely going on with with the God King, which hopefully now that we've got this kind of out of the way, we start to see, I guess, some plot development there between the God King and Theory. But good luck to her when you're not allowed to talk to him, look at him, touch him, <laughs> any of those things. It's going to be very difficult for her. Yeah, I think I think Blushley at this point, she's got a lot more power than I think anyone else will probably admit, and she's obviously very keen on war. So Light Song's kind of in this really interesting spot. He's the he's the guy that sits there and he's a bit melancholy and and you know doing the same thing over and over and over. But he's kind of in the perfect position to be this contact point between all parties involved you know he he's he's got a, a pretty much open invitation to have an audience with blush weaver he can obviously get to theory especially in court situations vivenna can get into the court now so there is a way that they could possibly be in contact with each other vash is obviously in the court as well so i think light song's gonna have a pretty big part to play there and hopefully we sort of find out what that is soon but in terms of where the story is going, I was really hoping that the sisters would kind of unite at some point and be able to to actually meet up and, and maybe get on the same page about what's happening, but I feel like that probably won't happen for a little while yet. Hmm. I, I think it's almost weird that she doesn't see Vivenna here in the audience as she's, like, you know, so interested in looking around at everyone. 
But, yeah, uh, but there's a lot to take in, and she doesn't have this heightened ability mm. that, like, Vivenna has or the gods have. You know, she she's seeing all of the returned for the first time, not to mention she's actually looking at her husband for the first time, and there's lots of colours and there's priests and there's uh, the priests yelling at her and there's talk of war. Like, I don't think she's going to be looking for her sister. Mm, good point. But, yeah, there's... That seems like, I mean, we Dak talked about, you know, Vasher and Vivenna doing stuff, maybe Siri and Light Song. That seems like the, the the goal, right? For Because that's Vivenna's whole goal here is to get to Siri. So getting the two sisters back together at some point seems like the goal. Although, who knows how they would react to each other at this point. Yeah, well, like, I think, I think on the back of the book, it's like, it's the story of the two sisters trying to work together, or is my recollection of reading the back of the book not the inside of the back of the book, just the cover. The, but they're on very different pages about what's happening to Siri right now. So it would be interesting to see whether they can have a discussion that's reasonable or if, you know, maybe something happens before they actually can meet and, and Siri is kind of like, oh, look, it's really important that I'm here doing whatever I'm doing and Vivenna's trying to get her out and there's a disagreement there. Like I, I just, I'm not sure how that will go if one wants to stay and one wants her to leave. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean that, uh, and I I think maybe, I think maybe Dak predicted that last time was that, um, that uh, at some point, you know, we, we would run into that situation where Vivenna meets her and she's like, we got to go. And Siri's like, no, I'm going to stay. But Mm. uh, something would have to change between now and then. Cause I feel like right now, Siri, despite she's finding things interesting here, I think she would probably still go if given the opportunity. I think if she was given an out that meant there was no ramifications for Idris, but mm-hmm. she was out of the situation, I feel like she would take it at this point. Like her her interest and how invested she is in the whole situation is pretty low compared to her desire to maybe be free. But it's also the first time she's really been allowed out of the palace too now. So <laughs> there's a little bit more going on for her. I don't know. I'd still run. I'd run far away. <laughs> she definitely wants to be free after being stuck in that palace for a week. I wonder I wonder if she'll get the horses that she wants to be able to ride around in the court of the gods. That's probably not – I don't. it didn't say exactly how big it is, but it's probably not very satisfying to just ride around in this one enclosed area. Yeah. Okay. Well, these are – we've got some, uh, some interesting possibilities opening up. Uh, some lines starting to cross over with each other and who knows where that will go. It's uh, it's interesting that I think uh, that prediction from last time was exactly that like Favena and Vasher would meet up somehow. And here they kind of almost sort of do. So let us, we've got, let's first off for the next time we are doing five chapters. So 17 through 21 for next time. For everyone who's following along out there. Let me type that long. Remembering it. There we go. In the meantime, let us, we've got a couple of new patrons, and Joe is back this time, so we will start out with those. I'm back. Oh, I'm back, baby. I'm back, baby. Uh, let's I'm see. back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we have, since the last time we recorded, let's see, mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. two new people, I think. We, we we got some like ins and outs, so making sure that this is right. Um, okay, yeah. So the first new patron is Isla, who we'd gotten a couple of emails from, and she got the last sixteen dollar per month pledge. 
Oh, wow. So that uh, we are now, last time I looked, filled up on those. Somebody could have unpledged oh at that level since then. But Yeah. Well, Isla, thank you. I mean, that kind of... Uh... That kind of support, it's just uh, it's, it's so awesome. Appreciate you. And, and, and all of our shards, you guys are so cool. But Isla, let's give you let's give you a good old Wax's power. You could be a skimmer. Not a bad one. Yeah. You could float up. You could jump. And then, you know, float. And then you can, like, you know, slam your weight down really fast and not hurt yourself somehow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, with Wax's misting ability, it's extra useful because of uh, you know the, right. how, the, how the pushing works with the weight. It's definitely got uses without that, but uh, not as many. Right. Uh, okay, the next new person is at the $3 per month level, the, the Ska level, and it is Andrew. Andrew, let me pull up my list again, Andrew. I, uh, I had already had one picked out, but now I, I'm trying to double-check myself. Ah, yes, that's the one. Since uh, I gave her wax, I'll give you Wayne, you're a blood maker. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Storing on that one would be a pain in the butt, but very useful. Yes. Yeah, being six, no fun. But mm. All right. Thank you, new patrons. Uh, if anyone wants to check out our Patreon, you can find us uh, on Patreon as The Sander Lanch. The Sander Lanch podcast, I guess I should say. Patreon.com slash The Sander Lanch, where... We have uh, I finished up posting my reactions to reading the Frugal Wizards Handbook to Survive Surviving Medieval England for the first time. Oh, cool. Although we're now just a couple weeks away from July 1st when the next book, which I still don't know the name of, will drop. Also, oh, that's right. this week I got two new Sanderson boxes that we have uh, filmed the opening of. Joe came over to film the opening of the cell box, which proved to be helpful yeah. because there was a lot of uh, sub opening required there. And uh, and then the day after that, I got my frugal wizard box. And that oh, good. One I, yeah, I, I didn't need Joe for that one because there wasn't, you know, with the book boxes, there's just like a couple bookmarks and a pin and stuff. So it wasn't yeah. like a lot of. Jamie and Dak haven't gotten those yet, though, have they? No, not yet. Okay, so we still can't talk about that box on the show, unfortunately. But I, I mean, uh, I'm not, I'm not averse to spoilers. Jamie, are you averse to spoilers of what's in the box? It's in the box. What's in the box? Uh, no, no, you can talk about what's in the box. That's okay, unless there's yeah. something in there you think that really deserves the element of surprise when the box is opened. How do you feel about that data? Well, you know, other people out there might be waiting for their box. Oh, uh, I guess that's true. So go to the Patreon to check it out. Got yeah, on. I'm going to be uh, I haven't posted either of those videos yet, but I'm hopefully they should they should be going up this next week. So by the time you hear this, hopefully both of those unboxing videos will be up. Yeah. And if you've been waiting with bated breath for Possum Hunters episode, which by now, if you're listening to this episode, you already know it's up. But we'll just say it again. Hey, it's it's up. Possum Hunters episode one. Go check it out. We'd love to hear your feedback. Yep. That is uh, the other Patreon thing that we have up. It was it was our goal when we first put up the Patreon. Like if we got up to I think it was a hundred dollars per month, we would do the Possum Hunters thing. And Joe and Dak recorded it like uh, was it it was like April or May of 2022. And, no, uh, it was later than no, that. No, no, was it April or May of 2022 is when I wrote it. We probably didn't record it until like October or November. Really? Because I thought that at the time you were like we're gonna try to get it up by June. I don't remember that. Yeah, maybe not. Well, anyway, it was as late as October, but it was definitely after like May. It yeah. took it. It took a long time for me to get it all edited successfully, but it is now finally up 
for anyone who wants to check out uh, that on the Patreon. And you guys, a couple episodes ago, got the uh, the little thirty second clip, which I was we, we talked a little bit about in the last episode. But I it came down oh. to me to whether I wanted to use Dak has a monologue where he talks about like cheese and stuff, which was really funny. And I believe what I ended up going with was uh, the cl- a clip from y'all singing that song. Oh dear. So uh, yeah, check that out if you're interested. Speaking of places that you can contact us, we have a couple emails that I'm going to go through before we wrap up here. So the first email is from James, and it's, it's titled Email to the Crew. Dear Sanderlanch Crew, longtime American listener, first time Australian emailer here. I'm studying what? abroad at the University of Adelaide and loving it. Oh. Uh, I've been a fan for about six months and always thought about writing an email to the show, and now that I'm finally caught up, I figured now's the time, especially as Warbreaker is my favorite Cosmere novel not in the Stormlight Archive, and I hope y'all enjoy it as much as I do. Whether right or wrong, the crew's theories are always the highlight of the show for me. Thanks for the content. Keep up the good work. Just for data, there's an extra thing. And then thanks from James. P.S. Jamie and Dak, what other Australian stuff do I need to try besides Tim Tam and Footy? Go Crows, because I love this country so much. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you're in Adelaide, you're near the beach, you got to, like, just get some, go to, like, a proper fish and chip shop, get some fish and chips, take them down and eat them on the beach, along with some nice Aussie beer. Yeah. I've had Tim Tams here. They are quite good. Tim Tams are good. Cool. Oh, Pavlova. What are Tim Tams? It's like a like chocolate a cookie cho- thing. Chocolate, yeah, chocolate wafer huh. biscuit. Oh, like is chocolate it? Chocolate chocolate wafer. It's a biscuit, and it's got, like, uh-huh. a chocolate kind of cream on the inside, and then it's dipped in chocolate on the outside. Is it similar to, like, a Jaffa cake in England? I don't know what that I is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe. Okay. That's what they're saying there. Yeah, maybe. Tim Tam. I have to look it up. Oh, Jaffa cake. I don't know what that is either. It's so. It sounds like what they're describing, but Jaffa cakes usually have, like, jam in them. Um. Okay. Having had a Tim Tam and now looking at the Jaffa cake, it's not... I mean, it's a... Not really the same. I mean, maybe a little bit similar, but not really. Like, uh, I guess even, I. I mean, we are, we are in the age of the internet. I could just look yeah, up what just Tim Tams look Google like. Google Tim Tams. <laughs> they have yeah. them at AGB sometimes. Is uh, oh cool. So if you, you, some every now and then I find some there and I pick yeah. them up because they're good. AGB is a Texas grocery store. If uh, listeners don't know. Oh yeah. So uh, you should also check out some. Uh, what else is in Australia that you can't get other places? Check out some cricket. I mean, you can get that in England, but pavlova. Get your pavlova. Pavlova. That, both both of these things have me thinking of Bluey now. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that'll do it. Uh, one that I didn't realize wasn't like an international thing is fairy bread. Oh yeah. Definitely should try fairy bread. Never heard of that either. The absolute so staple just... of childhood birthday parties. Absolutely. Just white bread. Nothing, no fancy, no grains, wholemeal, nothing. Just, just white, sugary white bread with butter or margarine on top, and then hundreds of thousands of sprinkles. It's like little rainbow little balls oh. and just like sprinkled bread oh. on it. And it, yeah, quintessential Australian childhood. That's right there for you. I, I like interesting. As we progressed, I was like, white bread? No, we have that. I've eaten that white bread with butter on it. No, yeah, okay, have that. that, that that's common enough. Oh, the sprinkles, that's where we take the turn. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, and is, a whole, that is quite a turn. Yeah. <laughs> there's a whole bunch of, like, other people trying different things out there that they'll use, like, you know, a chocolate spread or something else on there. It's not oh. the same. It's not yeah. the OG. 
Yeah, it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> Just from your description, it sounds like I would want to put like cinnamon sugar on it, but maybe that's too much. You want to do that. See, see, and there's a popular thing from a lot of people's childhoods that we did not have in our home, but I've subsequently, as an adult, learned that a lot of people I know are like, oh yeah, we did that all the time as kids is cinnamon toast and like making cinnamon toast. Yeah, my wife uh, was a big cinnamon toast person, and yeah, I had never had it, I think, until I was in my late teens, and my friend's mom made some cinnamon toast, and I'm like, what is this? Like, you know, she just cinnamon makes toast, toast, but she puts cinnamon, and she like makes it in the, she bakes it in the oven. I'm like, that's weird. Okay. When it sounds in, delicious. I mean, I like cinnamon, and I like toast, so right? you know, yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with it. We were, we were in Perth at the start of the year, um, just for a holiday. And um, it was just the two of us, no kids. So it's like, all right, we're gonna go out and and do, and do some fun stuff. And we said, let's go, let's go find a nice cocktail bar, um, and just you know, ha- and you know, oh, just just have yes. have some have some good old cocktails. And the one we picked, it was purely on the basis that, hey, this one says it has a fairy bread cocktail. And we're just like, Ooh. what? We looked at the picture and so, well, we're going there. <laughs> it was a fairy bread martini, and it was like vanilla vodka mixed with vanilla ice cream and like all sorts of other delicious things. And it was amazing. Rim was very sweet. Spring. Uh, yeah, it was, but it was probably like the perfect level of sweet and the perfect amount in there. Like it wasn't hmm. overload. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They they balance it well. Interesting. And the other thing you should do, like the quintessential Australian thing you should do if you haven't done it already, is the Bunnings sausage sizzle. Oh, yeah. Bun- I know bun- some bun- of those words. Bun- Bunnings, uh, is so an, Bunnings is a nation- nationwide hardware store. <laughs> and, and there's always charity, like charities can book out to run the barbecue, and it's like a gold coin donation for just like a sausage on a piece of bread. Yeah. And I, I just looked it up. It's literally like when you were a kid and you didn't have hot dog buns and you had to use a piece of bread. That's what it looks like. Except it's like a big long sausage. That's great. That that that, that that's yeah. that is a, a gen, genuine Aussie sausage sanger, sir. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not mad at it. It looks it looks delicious. Like calling it a hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. Any day we have like a federal election. You go to certain voting voting booths, and then you can get your democracy sausage, and it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> what? Oh my god! Why do we not do this in the United I have, States? I would go vote every time if they handed me a sausage. I have actually um, we we went I, I went to one voting place like oh several elections ago, and they didn't have the sausage sizzle out the front, and I'm just like, well, fuck this place. I'm finding somewhere else. <laughs> I will vote There's somewhere else. <laughs> democracy sausage yeah it's like it's, it's like uh voters uh, voter turnout was at an all-time low today in in old australia when uh, they stopped serving the sausage yeah but they can't not vote you get in trouble for not voting there oh, that's oh, we, get a, we, we, we get a fine some people think <laughs> whatever it's uh, fine i don't care yeah it's easy just to go vote go vote people yeah yeah, no, I was uh, I was shocked. Uh, in our town, there was a vote for mayor, and the percentage of people that voted for mayor was pretty shockingly low. I was like, oh my gosh, this is why our city is the way it is. Should have run for mayor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> promised the sausage. I probably should have. Honestly, I probably should have. My name is so common, people would be like, I know that guy. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> everyone knows that guy. It's like uh, it's it's like the movie The Distinguished Gentleman. 
there's there's other sleeper great Eddie Murphy like 80s movie uh, yeah if anyone out there wants to back when Eddie Murphy was funny oh damn hot take Eddie Murphy's not funny take that Eddie Murphy (laughs) jeez I mean, um, I, I, I haven't seen Dolomite is my name, but apparently that was a return to form a couple of years oh, really? ago. Really? I haven't seen that. Yeah. Either. Okay. One more email that we'll do this time and I'll save uh, we uh, the last one for next time. So this one is from Lux and it says about time. I sent an email. Hey, Sandra Lynch crew. I'm Lux. I've been here since the very beginning, but never took the time to write an email. Love the podcast. Left five stars on Spotify. Would recommend to any Cosmere fan. And there's a picture of the five star on Spotify. I've managed to become a staple of the server. That's the Discord server, by the way. Lux is, uh, has been on our Discord server for a very long time. Uh, in the best and worst ways. Back when the server was first made, Data mentioned someone was sharing music they made. That was me. Lately, I and huh. my unruly mischief have been responsible for the creation of the server's Not Safe for Work channel, in which I shared about 50% of my thoughts about Warbreaker, all about one particular character. I also engaged in discussion about the books and stuff. To, to pause there uh yes in our discord servers not safe for channel lux has expressed many uh thoughts about blush weaver in particular okay of course he of uh, course continue lux uh for your five star review i'm gonna go ahead and give you rioter because that's <laughs> obviously, that's obviously what, what you're you doing do. yep, in the discord works. Anyway, all that out of the way, I have a question for the crew. Suppose that you were given all of the same magic, all given the same magic system from one of Brandon's worlds. It can be your choice. If you pick Aeon Door, assume you're in Elantris and have, if you pick Awakening, assume that you have the same number of breaths, like 50 or 100. How do you suppose you would fare in a contest where you all have the same power? And which one do you think you would be the best with? I swear I'm not trying to learn your weaknesses. Definitely not planning to use my misting power for anything. Dot, dot, dot. That's the end of the scene. Uh, I'm pretty bad at drawing, so probably not Aeon Door. Ditto. Uh, my yeah, handwriting is shit. Yeah. Um, honestly, probably because we've just been exposed to it the most, being a Mistborn seems like the most uh, palatable choice to me at this point in time. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about Awakening yet to make an educated decision on it. And, you know, having control of uh, of birds seems kind of weird. So uh, that's like <laughs> the only other system I can really think of at, the po- at this point. <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're magic helpful birds, though. So Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I'd have to go with Mistborn. There's in, – in Awakening, like in Awakening objects and trying to get them to do stuff, having like uh, kind of some creativity can help. Kind of like a Green Lantern thing where, uh, you know, the they can bring – they can – conjure anything they can think of so the better their imagination the more interesting stuff they could do so i think i might be decent with that yeah yeah like i said if i knew more about awakening that may be the one i choose but i just don't know yeah i don't know enough yet i'll probably go with the bird thing because it seems like the one i'm less likely to kill myself with <laughs> as long as you don't have to go to the island and collect it yourself well like, you just said we get the powers not the setting yeah <laughs> death yeah. island that's a really hard one. They're all so different. Like the, yeah, I don't know. I'm really interested in the awakening power, but I love how much, how like how many different things there are for a Mistborn to do. So I don't know. I think I'd maybe have to go Mistborn. Yeah. Okay. So if if everyone was a Mistborn, who would be the best Mistborn? I guarantee you, if I was a Mistborn, I'd probably one of the poor bastards who can only burn aluminium. So I would just be fucked. 
<laughs> well, I think if you're a Mistborn, you can burn them all, right? Like, that's what True, we're talking yeah. about. We don't sorry, yeah, yeah, was, yeah so, okay, right. I assumed, like, we all get one power each, yeah? Dak yeah. would only have, have access to al- aluminum. No one would give him any other metal. Right. <laughs> I th- which, you know, I don't know how it feels to be a Mistborn. Obviously, we've read about it in books. But it feels like you have to have a pretty good understanding of physics to do it well. So, I don't know. I, I, I would say at this point, maybe Data only because he's been reading about it and knows about Mistborn stuff the longest. We've all read pretty much the same amount of Mistborn stuff at this point, though. So, who knows? Yeah, but you've read, you've reread the books a bunch. You've, True. You've been, you've been steeped in it much longer than we have. You're not wrong. You know, Jamie would just kill us all. It's, I mean, Vin was the most <laughs> badass Mistborn, right? Jamie can that's, fall in her. That's that's true. Yeah, we should just acquiesce to her. She's going to kill us. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably not what you want, though. That's a really tough question. Hey. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, uh, thank you for the email. We had two that we went over. Thank you for the emails. Uh, if anyone would like to email us, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. Find us on Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, places like that. Music by Miracle of Sound. Ah, I got that out there. Uh, remember, everyone, for next time, we're doing five more chapters. 17, not 16, 17 through 21. I know what chapters we did this time. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to our patrons, the people on our Discord. If you want to join the Discord, you can find the link at the top of our of our website, which is www.thesanderlanch.com. Uh, if you're on mobile, you have to actually click the little uh, three slices menu, hamburger menu, whatever you call it, and it'll drop down the links. Uh, but if you're on PC, it's at the top of the page. That, that was a discussion that came up on the Discord where somebody's like, why don't you put the link at the, on, on, on the web page where people can find it? I'm like, I did. It's at the top. I don't know how I could make it more obvious where it is, honestly. And then that's when I discovered that it was not as visible on mobile. So anyway, thanks, everybody. Five chapters for next time. And wasn't to the time of next. Cola. Cool.